Scouting around is real for champions of the flyway. We were in anticipation for this birding big day. Thank you for tuning in to Hannah and Eric Go Birding, a podcast by birders for birders. I'm Hannah and he's Eric. And we created this podcast to share adventures, sometimes misadventures, and opinions that we have on different birding topics. We're definitely not experts and anything that we discuss that might be controversial. We want you to remember there are own opinions and it might be different from yours. It's been hailing and snowing <laughs> and sunny and raining and cloudy and beautiful. I feel like so we're both we're taking Spanish right now, um, and I've been kind of watching these YouTube videos to kind of supplement that. There's yeah. a guy that's the language tutor on okay. YouTube, and I wa- I watched a video yesterday, uh-huh. I think. There was um, how to say things about the weather in Spanish. And it was like, it's because I, I, I know a little bit of Spanish. We've traveled to um, Spanish speaking countries. I took Spanish in high school, but I really, I really want to be fluent. I want to be mm-hmm. able to have actual conversations when we go um, throughout C- Central and South America to all these Spanish speaking countries. And so I've been, I've been watching these videos on Duolingo and taking this class. Um, but the video I watched yesterday was all about like how to say things about the weather and he like the the instructor was like he listed off like the rain and the snow and the hail and it's cloudy and it's stormy You're and i like, was thinking like, i can use all those words today i need all of those words i need every <laughs> single you don't even have all the words i need more words i need i need more vocabulary because like this morning so far i think we're up to like 11 different uh weather phenomena that we've we've dealt with that makes me really want to start a tiktok channel that's like how Oregonians talk about the rain and then just like do a little <laughs> snippet of like different kinds of rain and sit, you know, stand there with a coffee cup and be like, yep, that's grapple. <laughs> it's, it's sprinkling. Oh, it's spitting out there. Oh, oh it's, it's pouring. It's, don't worry. It's Oregon sunshine. Well, it's dumping right now. It's yeah. <laughs> like it, it, there's so, so many different ways to reference like, what is going on with the rain. Yeah. Anyways. So that's our life at the moment. Yeah. It's fun. It's spring. You get, <laughs> you is. get every bit of weather in the spring. And in we, one day. And we have uh, just a ton of sparrows in our backyard, so that's exciting, too. Yeah, I think we're five sp- sparrow species this morning. Yeah. Pretty good. Nice. Um, haven't heard too much about, like, warbler migration through the Midwest and East lately, so I no, don't know I, what that's like. I feel like I've put my blinders on. I don't want to hear about it since we're not going over there right that's now. That's true. I, I don't, I don't want to hear about how amazing it is or anything like that, what I'm missing out on. Okay. <laughs> So we'll avoid that. My blinders are on. Uh, So um, some news that we want to mention before we get talking today. Um, So the first thing I want to bring up is um, still in progress, but there's been recent changes with the Ugandan government. Mm -hmm. And they, um, the parliament has passed on to the president some legislation that has anti-LGBTQ laws mm-hmm. you know and they're very severe the and, the most draconian lgbtq laws in all of africa yeah and I don't, I don't know if it's all of the world but at least all of africa they're they're significant involving uh life imprisonment and and stuff like that co- corporal punishment situations yeah which of course you know we're not supportive of not at all um and uh the women's conference is uh slated to take place in uganda mm-hmm. in December of this year, which, you know, I'm still very much a part of the women's conference planning and everything. And we're just trying to figure out where we're at with this stuff. The president hasn't signed this into effect. Um, but you know, something that I just want y'all to keep in mind is that the women birders, you know, they, they still need help regardless of how this goes forward. Um, I feel very strongly that the women birders in Uganda still 
you know, deserve support in some way. Mm -hmm. Like they're doing incredible work. They're creating opportunities for women to have jobs and have, you know, their own money. And I, I just feel really strongly about supporting the work that, that they do. So this, this whole situation is obviously upsetting and it's, it's, uh, just mind-boggling that the the government of Uganda has decided to go this route that's obviously going to impact tourism it's going to impact the lives of people that are in their in their country negatively by passing something like this it it's it's mind-boggling the whole the whole situation is just ridiculous um and i really hope uh they move themselves past this and not uh not continue with this sort of discrimination and we can go back to supporting those uh, local economies and those local groups that are doing good things for conservation and good things for supporting women on the ground. Yeah. So, um, please stay tuned. Uh, like I said, we're trying to figure out what, what steps to take there. Uh, so moving past that, uh, mm -hmm. the global big day is coming up on yes. May 13th and we, less than a month away. Yeah. And we will have a team for that. So that is, the Global Big Day is so much fun. We did it. Uh, we've done it for the past couple of years. Yeah. Uh, if you want to participate on our team, all we ask is that, you know, you just drop us an email or Facebook message or whatever saying that you're going to be on our team. Mm -hmm. And then on May 13th, go out and go birding for at least 10 minutes, create an eBird checklist, and then share it with our team username, which is Go Birding Team. And, Go burning team. Yeah, all one word. And we'll be out at Alder Creek Farms, which is uh, just south of where we're at here on the Oregon coast in Nehalem, mm -hmm. um, for a migratory bird day. So Yeah, they're having a whole migratory bird day festival situation. You're going to have bird walks, some sits, um, presentations, and I think there's going to be some vendors down there. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what all comes together with that, but we're, we're participating in that, so we'll have some lists this year, for sure, to submit instead of just submitting some backyard stuff. Yeah, but we actually get to dedicate we, like, we a actually, day to birding. We <laughs> actually get to dedicate a day to birding for this, so it's it's very exciting for for us, and I'm I'm really looking forward to working working more with Alder Creek Farms on this. And of course, I'm competitive, and our team has been <laughs> in the top like 15. Yeah. Um, for the past couple times, so please, if you're in Australia or places in Asia or Europe or Africa, please um, try to join us so we can have the biggest list. <laughs> So we so we can spread spread around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We we were the only people on the West Coast on our team last year, I think. So were we, we yeah, we had like four birds on our list that weren't on anyone else's list. Nice. And then we had even though all we did was backyard birding. Perfect. Well, so there you go. You can if you just see a couple local birds that you have that, you know, maybe we don't have on our team. Yeah, maybe you live you in Tanzania and you'll have fifteen birds on your list and all fifteen or something nobody else will have. Oh, I wanna go to Tanzania. <laughs> okay. So yeah. please join our team. Yes. Global Big Day. Less than a month away. So Hannah had an episode. Um, as we have discussed, um, I think we discussed the last episode. Um, Hannah now is doing two podcasts. Um, we've got uh, Women Birders Happy Hour, which she interviewed. Alan Casal, yes. who um, was the leader of my women birding team with the Champions of the Flyway. So I'm sure we'll talk about Alan a lot more in this episode. Um, but her drink is a tufted coquette which I am very excited about because yeah. I want to see one. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other podcast that Hannah is doing, that, so that one came out um, last week. Yeah. And then next week, her episode for Bird Nerd Book Club 
is going to feature Julia Zarinkin, yeah. who came out with a book a couple years ago called Field Notes of an Unintentional Murder. So check that out anywhere um, you listen to podcasts, either podcasts or both. And uh, you can also, you know, buy Julia's book anywhere if you choose to read it. Yeah. And so join the Bird Nerd Book Club. <laughs> join it. So we're going to be doing a little bit of travel coming up. Um, we It's going to be a couple months um, before we go. But So I did just want to mention, um, before we get into the places we're going, we have talked in the past about that we were going to Featherfest in Galveston, as well as the Birdius Festival in Corpus. And unfortunately, we're not able to make it to those festivals this year due to family emergencies. Um, so we apologize uh, for anyone you know that was hoping to bump into us at either location. Yeah, and Fe- Featherfest is going on right now, right when you're listening to this. So so if you still, if you live in the Houston area, if you live near Galveston, I'm sure they've probably got a couple trips left that you can sign up for. And then uh, this next upcoming week is uh, the Birdies, Birdies Festival in America is going to be going on down in Corpus. So if you have any any ability to go to those, both festivals are awesome. Tons and tons and tons of birds. We really Lots look of warblers. forward to going to We them. were really excited to actually participate in it this year. And unfortunately, we were not able to make that work. But life but, happens. But if you are in that area, or if you have the ability to get to that area, those festivals are pretty spectacular for birds. But then don't tell us about the warblers that you yeah. see, because please, we, please don't share them with us. We're gonna I have some FOMO on that. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want any more FOMO. But you, you shouldn't miss out just because we can't go. <laughs> uh, so besides that, we yes. do have some things scheduled. Yeah, in a couple months, in July, we are going to uh, Global Bird Fair in Rutland. Um, if anyone or anyone is familiar, we went there last year. Um, it was super cool. Huge festival. I imagine it's going to, or it's a fair, not a festival. Huge fair. Um, I imagine it's going to be a little bit bigger this year, even even more so from last year. Last oh, year was kind of kicking off, coming out of COVID just barely. This I, year, I know there's a couple extra um, optics vendors that are actually going to be boothing. I can't even imagine so, what a bigger one's going to look like. I, I think it's going to. I think it's going to be bigger. My no. my, my opinion Wait. is it's going to be bigger than it was last year. Wow. People are no longer. There's a lot less fear, a lot less uh, trepidation to travel, all that stuff. Well, so. I'm really looking forward to going. Um, I had such a good time last year. Yeah. And I, I'm i hoping it won't be as hot this year. I hope it it's was... not, not nearly as hot. And it, unfortunately, it doesn't line up exactly with the Waiter Spectacular. I know. But, but I still feel like we could probably drive up to go see Puffins. We can we can go see some Razor. We, we can still do something that like that. That was a long day. It was a long drive. Yeah, that's true. Maybe we won't go all the way that far. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll go west and go see something west. Yeah, tell some locations we should go birding oh, around. Oh, that's a good Rutland. idea. I mean, crowdsource this. Yeah. Get, our, get our listeners to tell us where to go to go see some cool it birds. worked in florida it you did. know we found some great places that's from true y'all um so yeah if you know any great birding locations within like two hours of rutland uk yeah. you know maybe, maybe like an hour and a half that's like the same i guess that's true okay anyways um we're, we'll probably only have each morning before the, before the fair opens each day or owling or owling if you have safe owling yeah locations. seriously if you have ethical owling locations for us yeah we'll we'll check those out obviously we're not gonna like you know, torch owls. With... Yeah, we don't need to be out there spotlighting yeah, and, yeah. and playing calls and stuff like no, that. But if you, that. If, you, if you know where there's a roost that's safely viewable from a distance, yeah. we'd, I'd be all about it. Yeah. Um, and then in, at the end of the year, pending our initial initial uh, comments here in the news, um, the IC4WB. Um, the International what, Conference for Women Birders. Yes. How, however that uh, shakes out, we, we may be going there or we may end up uh, using the time that we would have gone there to go somewhere else. We'll see. We'll see. 
So, uh, moving right along to the April Bird Nerd Giveaway. <laughs> so, we asked you all to tell us about your favorite conservation project or initiative or organization and that we would randomly select a winner from everyone that did. And we had some really cool ones mm-hmm. that popped up. Um, I was excited about... Uh, how most of them were like local things. Yes, and and that was kind of that was kind of the hope I was gonna, I, I was hoping for when we when we talked about this. So we would get local conservation projects so that listeners can share their local stuff, not necessarily like National Audubon. We all know National Audubon's conservation. We all know about BirdLife International, like these big these big huge organizations. But not everybody knows about like our uh, um, North Coast Land Conservancy yeah. or. Um, the wildlife center yeah. that's local. They, they, these these smaller nonprofits that they need, they need help, and we got a ton of um, ton of comments from people about different different local nonprofits in their areas. Yeah, some of the ones that we heard about were the Kauai Forest Bird Recovery Project, um, Hundred Acre Hollows, uh, Royal River Land Trust. Um, which is in Maine, not in the UK, which I would have initially thought. Initially thought it was not in the US. I'm sorry. My geography and everything about the Northeast of the US is just really lacking. <laughs> um, we also heard about the Sonoran Joint Venture, Macaw Mountain Park in uh, Honduras, and many others. So yeah. thank you all so much for sharing all of this with us. It's very cool. And I'm excited to learn about all these new ones. Um, well, ones that are new to me. <laughs> and our winner is um, a birder in Florida who yeah. we actually met in December. Oh, yeah. Cecilia, yeah. Uh, awesome. who told us about the Florida Wildlife Corridor. Yeah, so that was super cool. We did a little bit of research into the Florida Wildlife Corridor. So we, we, were, rel- we were kind of familiar with that phrase. Yeah. Like ha- having lived in Florida, Florida Wildlife Corridor, cor- corridor, it's this corridor that's literally just made up of natural sites that they're trying to connect to get as much contiguous untouched or close to untouched habitat together to promote um, trails and wildlife being able to do its thing and all throughout Florida throughout and mo- Florida. moving through Florida. Cause there's so much, so much fragmentation, um, in a lot of these Southern States, Florida is pretty, pretty heavily impacted by frag- habitat fragmentation. Texas has been hit really hard with it. Um, a lot of these Southern States, I mean, I think all of the States have been hit by it. Well, sure. But, yeah. But like in Oregon, what is it? Like 60% of our property is like publicly owned land. Yeah. We have, and then we I have think, a lot of public land in, I, in Oregon. I want to say in Texas, it was like, Six. <laughs> I, I want to say it was, it was like 5% or something. It, it was very small. So this is an organization that is working to work, working to collaborate and bring these different sites together. So they have a number of different actual official sites. They have 75 state parks that are within the corridor, 6,200 6, miles of trails that are within the corridor, and then 32 state forests. So super cool pro- project and and Cecilia brought it to our attention to talk about and look up and try to learn a little bit. And they have pictures of bears on their website. <laughs> Did you ever see a bear when we were living in Florida? Not when oh, we were wait, living wait, there. When we, when, when, when we just, just for the festival, the Sorry, North Shore Birding Festival, I, I saw one there. But I, know, I never I, saw one when we lived there. I blinked that out of my memory because I didn't see it. Because you missed it. You were busy looking up dinner. Dinner. Yeah. Figures. Yeah. So anyways, thank you, Cecilia. Um, we will send you the... Uh, pack the stuff that we purchased at the international birding center in a lot yes Um, another small conservation nonprofit. exactly so that was kind of the the point of that question yes (laughs) um so thank you all so much for submitting your conservation initiative and check out our next episode for the next giveaway yeah
So today we wanted to tell you about our recent trip to Israel, which there is just so much to tell. And I know we went last year, uh, but we have so much more that we experienced this year that, you know, we didn't do last year. Yeah. And we have, yeah, there's so much to tell. Yeah. So we, um, obviously we have too much to tell for one episode. So we're going to talk today. We'll, we'll go, we'll go around kind of our pre-scouting and a couple of the additional things that we did while we were there. Some of the, some of the weird stuff that weird, cool things that we got to do. Um, and then the next step next, next week or two weeks from now, we'll, uh, we'll actually talk about the competition. So you'll have that to look forward to. Um, but we wanted to start off with what, um, Jonathan Mayrav, yeah. who um, helped create the Champions of the Flyway, mm-hmm. one of the, the very instrumental people, said something um, about the competition that I thought was really smart. He said that this com- competition and our participation, you know, everybody coming together, it's about conservation and not politics. Mm-hmm. And so there were a lot of uh, folks from different parts of the world that were coming together and, you know, to support conservation initiatives. And so I think it's just really cool, you know, to think about it that way that, Mm -hmm. you know, we're all there to support conservation that's being done. Yeah. So, and there, there, there was, there was riots. There was a lot of stuff that the, um, the prime minister of Israel was trying to push through while we were there. That was kind of really, really brought it to the forefront of our, all of our minds while we were there. Cause that airport airport was shut down. The, um, all the American restaurants in the country were closed for two days while we were there. There was um, there was a lot of stuff going on because of the decisions that were being made at the level of leadership that were then kind of filtering down the results for that. So it was great to before that even started really happening for Jonathan to repoint out to all of us that we're here. The money that's raised this is for conservation. This isn't we're not here for po- political reasons. We're not here to support. The government, we are here to support conservation for the species that's in severe decline. And every, every year it's a different species for Champions of the Flyway. And this particular year is the beautiful red-breasted goose. Um, but that's that's what the money is about and that's what the competition is about, is conservation. Yeah. So, we headed to Israel. Yeah. We got up, not, not super early, um, <laughs> luckily. Our flight wasn't until like 3 in the afternoon. Um, but... We ended up missing uh, missing a connection because of a, our delayed long haul flight um, in so, Turkey. In Turkey, so we ended up having to spend an additional three four hours in Turkey, waiting for our uh, waiting for our next flight. Which, if you if you've never been to the Istanbul airport, it is incredible. Oh, it is like huge. I I had no idea how nice that airport was. Like there's hotels in it, yeah. and like every kind of store you could ever want. Like that place. <laughs> I had, I had no idea. It was like fancier yeah. than Dubai. It was it was pretty nice, yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty nice airport. But we were supposed to get to Israel at 8, 8 p.m. And then we didn't end up landing until right around midnight. Took us about an hour or so to get uh, <sighs> out to Clear. the hotel. <laughs> um, so we're 1 o'clock in the morning or so. Um, and then probably 2 a.m. before we were showered and laying down. Like yeah. getting checked in and all that stuff. And then our alarms are going off at 3 um, cause we were leaving at four to head down South to start our first day of scouting. <laughs> so I think at, at that point, what was that? It was 17 hours of actual time in the air plus layovers. So, and a misconnection. It was, we, we were a bit tired. I'm starting to feel like travel is for the young and I'm not young anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was, it was fine. I mean, I didn't, I ended up, I was, I was pretty amped up when we got in the car, so I didn't end up sleeping 
even though it was like a two hour drive. No, it first was thing. it was that afternoon when we were driving that I like couldn't oh, stay awake. Yeah, that's the whole true. Time. The afternoon the afternoon is when it hit me. Yeah. Um but so but it's uh, good. Yeah, so <laughs> we were in the um hotel with Eric's team who is uh they're COA representatives. Mm-hmm. And uh so Jeff and Paul and Austin and Rob were all our compatriots for the day. Yes. And so at four o'clock we all left the hotel and headed to our first birding location, which is somewhere that I didn't get to go last year. I did though. I, I know you did. <laughs> but, but now I don't have that over you anymore. <laughs> exactly. And so it was Azus, which is uh right along the Egyptian border. Yeah, so it's and when you're looking at the playing field for is for the champions of the flyway for um, in Israel, it's it basically the champions of the flyway takes place in essentially the bottom half well, of Israel. So Israel, I feel like, is kind of a diamond shape. Yeah, yeah, so, I, I could, yeah, I could agree with that. Sort of, yeah. So if you take that bottom half of the diamond, it creates like a triangle. Yeah, so that's about what the playing field a, is a for pro- champions. For champions, yeah, approximately, and Izu's is. The furthest west and north, basically, birding site in within the within the playing field. So the the idea was we would scout this on the way down. That way we don't have to drive back up to scout it because it's such a long drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we're gonna do it during the during the competition day, we're gonna want to start there first thing in the morning. And and so we wanted to, we wanted to get it scouted. And at the very least, we wanted to see some of these cool birds, things like the McQueen's Bustard. Yes. Yeah. So hang on. So we got there okay. at six thirty. Yes. And it's basically just kind of like a desolate dirt road in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some train cars that are on tracks that just like end in the desert. And that's actually a bird blind, yeah. which is pretty cool. Um, but before we got in the bird blind to go look for the the bustards, we we're just walking along the highway, um, I guess dirt road, highway, whatever. And we were seeing things like chuckers, which was actually a lifer for me, yeah. not for you, right? Yeah, I, I got it last year, yeah. Yeah, and then um, we had just... So a, many cream-colored coursers. A ton of cream-colored coursers. Last year I had one. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I had like two, I think, last year, and that was it. No, you didn't see Oh, wait, you're right. I didn't have any last This year was my lifer. You're yeah, right. I you're right. I, I forgot, because you had the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so this this is a... It's, it's like... I don't even know how to describe exactly... I don't know. They're well. They're a giant shorebird. Yeah, it's a, it's a giant shorebird, but it's like, and it's it's all cream colored, obviously, yeah. except it has this black eye stripe and kind of like a gold bill, wouldn't you say? Yeah, kind of kind of like a gold bill. Yeah, and and they like run. They're they're very like, like very much like a robin or like a plover in their behavior of running. I can like, see that. It's like run stop, run stop, run stop. Like it's, it's, it's kind of distinctive. You'll see them and they run and then they stand up st- straight up, right. And they're looking around and then they, then they duck, tuck their head down again and start running. Yeah. But they, they don't fly like either one of those at all. They, they have a completely different flight pattern. It was, it, it, it was kind of easy to pick them out in flight too. Like once, once you saw like the first like two or three flying, I was like, Oh, okay. Well, there we go. That's, that's the course was flying. Yeah. Well, and they were one of the bigger birds out there. Yeah. Um, just, Tons of larks, too. There's the greater short-toed lark. <laughs> Great long name for that. And then crested lark. Those are the more common ones that we were seeing out there. A um, couple weed ears. The Isabelline mm-hmm. was the more common uh, with eastern black-eared, which I th- actually think that was the lifer, one of the lifers for me this year. Oh, was yeah. Eastern for, for me, it was, too, yeah. Was it? Um, and then as the sun started coming up, so I mean, the landscape that we were looking at was really, like I said, I mean, it was just kind of desolate. We're like just out in the desert. Yeah, and like real 
like rocky and then a couple patches of grass and like some kind of low lane shrubs yeah, and every once in a while a fence just out there of course man there's so much just, there's, there's always there. just like fences uh so as the sun started to come up we went into the blind to look for the bustards mm-hmm. and you know just looking and looking not seeing hardly anything and the rest of the group was still off on the highway trying to you know look for the larks and bunting yeah. and stuff it, it was so a lot of this day is we spent trying to get re-familiarized for hannah me and jeff my um, team leader just trying to get re-familiarized with yeah. the birds and then for the people that are on our teams that had never been there before trying to just learn the birds and so that's these days leading up to the champions there's a lot of spending like you may you may not do scouting like what you would do like if you're going to scout for a big day at home like we we don't know these birds these yeah. aren't these aren't birds that we're intimately familiar with we see the greater short-toed lark and we're like oh what is that and it's and it's a super obvious bird for locals but we're just like oh, all right i gotta take a few seconds and think about it yeah. and then figure it out as a as opposed to doing it at home where you're like well obviously i hear all these things and i i know what they are yeah so it's it's uh, spending this whole couple of days beforehand trying to relearn things that we learned last time and then just trying to further our knowledge learning about the birds as we go yeah um but anyways yeah. so we were like standing out there looking for the bustards like on this hill line and finally i think i spotted one that was way out there yeah. and we watched it for a moment and we like messaged everybody on whatsapp like bustard 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 come <laughs> over and by the time they all like raced over it was gone yeah and, and it, when we first saw it it was dancing like yeah. it, it was it was a male dancing showing off like oh i've i've got i've got this big bouncy feathered thing i've got sexy yeah you, <laughs> did you like the dance i did while i described <laughs> yeah, that too when you kind of shimmied at me <laughs> <laughs> so anyways it's uh, the most silly dance if you haven't seen is. the video I, I took some videos that were awful just yeah. terrible they're wavy from the heat waves and all that stuff but if you go online you can find some really good videos of mcqueen's busters displaying and it's hilarious the well, stupid dance they do <laughs> and they're such an odd looking bird too and they're very I mean, weird looking they look like they probably smell i mean when, <laughs> when the males have their like crest and everything look at that oh, it's, it's like a skunk that, that bird definitely smells yeah definitely but they're so cool it's such a cool bird <laughs> they are but so we while we were there and everybody you know had finally joined us um and then there was a bus that came and joined us as well mm-hmm. we ended up with six busters yeah that were dancing off in the distance yeah there was there was a couple of males and a couple of females and they're all just and they were pretty far away but they're all dancing and walking around they'd be walking for a little bit and all of a sudden a male would get a get a wild hair and then it would start dancing in a circle <laughs> and then all of a sudden it would go behind a rock and we'd be like oh it's all gone we can't find him and then somebody else would find a different male like a half mile away from it like yeah. to the left yeah so yeah. um from there we headed off into the the Unknown. I know. It was just like, where are we going? Uh, and we ended up at Baritime Grove, which is a, a treed area kind of along a creek bed, it seemed like. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like a low spot. So um, there's like this, um, this the t- the town or the village or whatever of Izu's uh-huh. is up on top of the hill. We stopped and got some coffee there first. Oh, great coffee. And then, and you can see, you can look down and it's, it's like a, it's, I think it's a wadi or something, mm-hmm. but um, it's got, there's a bunch of uh, um, eucalyptus and stuff that's invasive species that have been planted that are, that are doing pretty well. They have deep tap roots and stuff like that. So 
they're they're doing all right in the desert, even though it's they're not really meant for that. But that's a good place to go get long-eared owl. Yes. And we were able to find one that was perched up in the eucalyptus trees. Mm-hmm. Um, great looks at that. So that was really exciting. And because my team is the the coescopers, our whole idea is we're using coescopes for everything. We're just carrying a whole pile of scopes, so yeah. it's like okay, we can we can set these up at a pretty good distance and, and get everyone on them, and it's like we're we're a good couple hundred feet away from these birds and yeah. able, able to get really good looks at them, which which is which is nice. We didn't have to do any sort of disturbing or getting anywhere near it. The birds like half asleep, like ooh. <laughs> um, yeah. But that was also a good spot for Arabian babbler yes. and Palestine sunbird and the so. mask strike. Oh yeah, the mask strike right as we were leaving, just up up on the up on the dead branches. Yep. So, um, that, that was a good spot and I'd never been there before. So I was really excited about getting to see that. Yeah. And so we, on, so we, it was, it was starting, it was actually starting to get pretty warm. So mm-hmm. it was like, oh, let's, let's, let's kind of get on the road. And I was, I was trying to push Jeff like, Hey, we need, we need to go. Like we need to move forward. If we're scouting, let's go and like scout some other locations. Like mm-hmm. let's, we wanted to go to Yeraham Lake. So let's, let's go to Yeraham Lake before it gets too late. Um, so we ended up going and we saw a, uh, the Nitsana Fortress, which is like this archaeological site that's like, it was like maybe 15 minutes or so um, northeast of Izuz. And they were like, oh, well, we got to stop here. <laughs> it was like, okay. So we stopped and it was there were not really any birds. I stood and literally read the entire interpretive panel. Yeah. And then because of sleep deprivation... I promptly forgot every single thing that it said. And well, I, it was I like, don't know. It was like to protect along a trading route, right? It was to provide protection. I, I don't know. I mean, I tried to read it too, and I couldn't understand. I, I, tr- I tried to look it up. I tried to look it up while I was uh, like prepping to record this, and I couldn't. I couldn't find the information that I wanted to find about it. And I'm like, well, shoot. And I, I, like I said, I literally stood there and read read the entire sign, and then I was like, oh, that's good information. What was that? What are we doing here? I'm, uh, I'm glad I wasn't driving. Welcome to my life. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was a really cool site. It was yeah. Um, there was multiple multiple iterations of that fortress. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some older some older structure that uh, had been rebuilt and built on top of. And so there was there was a lot of history into this uh, thing. I mean, Israel's so full of history. Like yeah. everywhere everywhere you go, there's people have been in this desert and in this in this country in this in this area this whole region for thousands of years yeah so there's there's tons of history like everywhere you look there's something that's something that's old and got a story totally um so from there we headed over and we were gonna go straight to the lake but everyone was hungry yeah and so we we stopped in the city of Yuraham um to try (laughs) to find some food we walked all the way around that city the entire city and the only thing that we could find (laughs) open was a falafel stand which ended up being oh it was so good incredible it was very good it was behind it was it was kind of like a like a street stand yeah. Sort of thing. Well, it was on the side of a bakery. Yeah, there was a bakery, and then it was like, oh, this afterthought of like falafel, and like the lady that was serving it was just sitting there eating when we walked up, and she we're was like, totally oh. apathetic too. Like yeah. she did not want to serve us. No, she she wasn't interested. But it was very good. It was very good, very very good falafel, and it was just slightly spicy. Do you feel like just we need a, a falafel bit. stand here? We now? do need one here. Yeah. You'd eat that. I would eat the heck out of that. <laughs> uh, so by that point, uh, it was time to go to Yurham Lake mm-hmm. and scout that out, um, which you guys didn't end up getting out there for the competition, right? Not for the competition, no. Okay. No. Well, so that, that was my only visit to Yurham this this trip, and it was it was all right. Like like I said, we it was starting to get warm. I, we we got there around one ish, one thirty ish, and it was it was not as birdy as it normally is, just because we're direct sun full full day i think we were close to 90 degrees yeah 
and it was it was it was warm. But you know, but we a... we got some cool stuff though. We had that least bitter or the little bittern. I yeah, mean, not a least bitter, a little bit little bittern. Um, there was a squacko heron. There was there was some interesting like waiting waiting birds that uh, had like one here, one there. I know everything was really quiet that day. Yeah. We had the um, rose ring parakeets. Got some good videos and mm-hmm. pictures of those guys. Um, got some good looks at Tristam starlings. Which, yeah, that's you true. Know, there's a lot of them, but they're such a cool looking bird. They're, yeah, our European starlings that, that we that come over that are invasive over here in the states. They're beautiful. Um, they're they're really good looking, but like the Tristam starlings are, they're like I feel like they're it's just black with that red underwing, and the, if they're standing in the right way, you can kind of see that line on their wing. Yeah, from red. Um, but it's, well, and then when they fly, yeah, you, you know that whole underwing is all. Yeah, I red. think I think I'll use. I, I might end up using the Tristan starling recording that I. God, I only got one recording this whole trip. Really? I did really bad on recording. I think I might use it on all three episodes <laughs> for this. But, um, or maybe two, whatever episodes we have for this. I think I might use it for all of them. Um, just because it's such a cool, interesting bird with with, with an interesting call. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, so we, we still were able to get over 30 species um, there. But at that point, we split off from the coescopers. Hannah and I went with... Uh, with Lisa. We went with Lisa, to... and she she took us down, um, just straight down to a lot. We ended up uh, napping, which I guess was um, made sense since we had been up for we we're approaching forty six hours at that point. Yeah, I'm sorry, Lisa, that we slept in the car yeah. the whole way. I, I felt really bad about that, but I could not stay up. Oh my gosh, yeah, it was it was it was rough, but we we we, we made it down. We got dinner with uh, with the women and staff. Yep, and that was delicious. Yeah. That was fun. It was a nice fish. It was a it was Friday night dinner, so it was the, it's the night to go out to dinner. Night night to have dinner with the family. Night to have all like get get all your friends together and have a big dinner together and mm-hmm. celebrate. So so we did that. We did that with the women in step. We had a couple other um, groups together with us. We all went out and had had a big nice dinner. Fit, yeah, Friday night fish. It was delicious. Uh, so from there, we kind of split off into our respective teams for yes. scouting. Yeah, for the next two days, we were. We were separate. I know. It was kind of weird. I guess three days, technically, because the Champions Day, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so my team, we, like, I, we've kind of offhandedly mentioned it. My team, Coescopers, we, our, our whole shtick was that we were going to count birds normally. Um, they, all the normal rules applied. All the team had to see it. We had to stick together. We couldn't do callback. We couldn't do torching. All sorts, all sorts of, all those rules, all those same exact stipulations applied with one additional stipulation of we had to get at least one member of the team had to get an identifiable photo of the bird through our optics, through yeah. through our COA optics. So it had to be through a scope or a binocular um, using that as the lens. So um, one of one of our guys, uh, Rob, he's um, he's marketing for COA in England. He uh, he was carrying a DSLR with a straight straight scope. The idea was he was going to get um, in-flight shots easier with a, <laughs> us, using a camera on the back of his scope to do it, um, and then the rest of us all had angled scopes using our phones. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that, that's we we were doing something slightly different. So the our whole basically most of our scouting day was getting used to setting these up in the field um, quickly because mm-hmm. I mean we we do a little bit of co-scoping and it's just kind of like oh you have time oh if if you have time you put the phone on there and do it jeff is like hardcore about it so he was he there was no learning curve for that his he was just trying to learn the bird he wasn't <laughs> trying to like get familiar with setting it up and all that stuff yeah. but um 
So we, we ended up spending a lot of our time scouting just doing that. And then also taking just kind of silly videos of each other doing stuff, <laughs> which, which was kind of fun. So it was, well, it wasn't nearly as serious as a lot of the other scouting, I think. No, probably not. <laughs> I, I think a lot of the other teams were doing much more serious scouting than well, us. Well, so we started off the morning uh, running into you guys at the Arva Valley yeah. at KM76. KM76, yeah. And <laughs> you guys wanted to take like pictures of our team doing stuff. And I think um, Len was like, no, I'm birding now. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was scouting time. So yeah, your team was really in the mode of we're scouting and we're looking for this. And then our... Uh... Well, we were also getting really frustrated at some larks because they were oh, like yeah, hopping yeah. around in, in like low scrubby stuff and we couldn't get a good look at it. And it's like half a mile away and there was mm-hmm. a storm coming in. So it was yeah. like, we need to see these birds, but we don't want to walk out there and then get and stuck just in get a storm. Soaked. Yeah. Yeah. I, I ended up stepping in a couple wet spots and sinking like all the way up to like my shin you in the mud. You needed your boots. I did need my boots. I was just wearing tennis shoes. Hmm. But uh, but yeah, I sank up to my, like my shin in, in one of the steps. And oh I'm like, gosh. oh, geez. Like it was all the way up over onto my leg. And I'm like, oh, man. I'm, like suction myself out of that. <laughs> yeah. So this year in Israel had been very wet. Yeah. Um, lots and lots of rain. Lots of, um, lots of wet spots, which is kind of a blessing and a curse. It's... It, it, it could it could go either way. It's great for the birds because the birds have lots of food, lots of water, lots of stuff. But for birders, it means that the birds have lots of places that they can go. They're sure. not they're not limited to just the one spot that it's wet. Yeah, they're, they they can go everywhere because there's water and food everywhere. So it's it kind of makes the birds spread out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And that's actually how this KM seventy six location got found is because there was so much water. Somebody just happened happened to stop in by there, and they're like, "Oh, look at this!" And it turned out to be really good. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, it's not a spot that people have ever birded before. Like, not really. Not until this year. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is the this is the happening spot. Lots and lots of birds. People going out there and get 70 species on a checklist for a full morning there. Well, and that's one of the things I thought was so cool about going there last year and then going back again this year mm-hmm. is that we were able to see, like, the year-to-year change that we wouldn't normally see since we typically – you know, we kind of have an unspoken thing that we only want to go to a place once. Yeah, gen- generally we, yeah, because it's there's there's so many places in the world. I know, like it's the places in the world. There's they're all over. It's the whole world, like literally. <laughs> they're all over the place. They're these all places. Over, these places. They're everywhere. <laughs> but it's like there's so many places in the world to go. We we have just barely scratched the surface of places that we visited. And so it, it kind of it feels like I really want to do everything we can while we're someplace, but yeah. then I don't really want to go back no matter how awesome it was because i know there's another place and there's another place and there's another place and every single place that we go is there's more that's well it's also every time we go back that's one less place that we can a new place we can go i mean yeah i mean it's it's potentially it's i mean we're limited on time and money (laughs) well definitely limited on money for sure And, and and time i mean we're we're still we're still relatively young but not the way I feel. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, like we, it's, yeah, you can only travel for so long. So you want, you want to, I, I at least feel I want to go, I want to go everywhere. I want to well, see, totally. I want to see everything and have no regrets and just keep, keep traveling and see, see everything Yolo. I can. Yellow, Sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so, so yeah, so we don't, we don't normally go back places. Well, and so that, that's what was cool about this experience giving us the opportunity to like see how different it is from one year to another. Because yeah. we see that like when we go to Texas, cause we've, you know, gone to Texas mm-hmm. every year for like the last six, seven years in November for great Texas, Bird, or uh, for Rio Grande Valley Birding Festival. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, 
sure we see like year to year it's different you know some years it's rainy some years it's not but it's it was so interesting at in israel because like the the wadis that we went to mm-hmm. like um the arva valley km 76 mm-hmm. versus where we saw the blue rock thrush like that's what 72 or something like yeah, that it's like four four kilometer difference yeah they're four kilometer difference but like 76 was like hopping this year and 72 was like very slow so it's it's just interesting to see how like the the landscape it doesn't look like anything to me i mean they they look the same to me yeah oh, to, to, yeah to me like as an as not a bird yeah they look very very similar there's a four kilometer difference but they are vastly different in terms of bird life yeah somehow like there's i i imagine there maybe maybe the water flowed too through too quickly at 72 so then it carried <laughs> seeds or something i i don't know what happened but 76 was hopping and 72 was not yeah was four kilometer difference of the same habitat type and you all are probably like well of course they're going to be different guys that's of just course <laughs> that's just how it works but yeah i mean it's just it's interesting when you don't visit places over and over again mm-hmm. you know to see that change yeah. From year to year. Yeah, yeah. So that's my whole point in it. Anyways, um, so a lot of cool things there. There were, there was that bar tailed lark, mm-hmm. Temenix lark, greater short tail greater short toed lark, crested lark, lots of larks. No, lots of larks. Weed ears. There was a blue throat. Did you get the you didn't end up seeing that blue throat in the shrubs, I, did you? I didn't see the blue throat that day. I saw a day of competition there, but mm-hmm. I didn't see I didn't see a blue throat when we were out there that first day unfortunately yeah so that whole day was spent scouting some of the other places that we have mentioned in the past like wadi shalav we went there and just not a whole lot going on of course we did see some of the raptor migration in the hills Mm -hmm. um that are right alongside the highway so that's just super cool to watch these movements of hawks go through but this year's hawk migration was nothing compared to last year yeah it's the it, it might have been because well, the, you guys went up there three times. <laughs> that's true. It might it might have been because of the dates. It might have like I. It's, I mean, trying to hit when when that big push goes through is and and everything's planned a whole year ahead of time. It's yeah. it's kind of hard to really really know, but uh, but yeah, the hawks were significantly less than than last year. But there were still tons of good birds, mm-hmm. tons of good birds, and like Hannah, Hannah didn't mention because her her team didn't see the but the Tawny Pippet that was at. Uh, 76. I, I got a bunch of cool photos and videos of this Tawny Pippet, which We ended up is... getting it later. Oh, did you I, end up getting it later? Yeah. Okay. I can't remember where, though. Yeah, but it's it's just like, Tawny Pippet is a great description for this bird. It's <laughs> it's Tawny. That's about it. It's brown. It's this... It's there. There's there's some there's some subtle mark, very subtle markings. The, these desert pippets and weed ears and uh, larks, everything is so subtle. Yeah. It's, I guess the weed ears not so much subtle, but they're so subtle these differences like oh it's a little bit of um buffier or it's a little bit warmer color and and stuff like that but yeah but this tawny pippet definitely fits its name it is tawny it's a pippet it's tawny um so <laughs> one thing that i did want to mention so we went to yovata which we talked about last year you know mm-hmm. it's this um it's this ice cream well i mean it's like a little uh, convenience store sort of thing that they have really good ice cream and that's what a lot of people stop there for yeah. they also have like sandwiches and stuff and it's a and great we got coffee there yeah and it's a great bathroom stop too um if you're heading up and down that highway but uh there's these fields that are behind it and last year we called them like the pumpkin patch um yeah. 
when we maybe when we talked about it, and that's where we saw the Namaqua dove last year. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, we were kind of driving through these fields that are back in there, and there's these huge squash. I don't know what kind of squash they were, but they were ginormous. Really? And uh, then like a hedgerow alongside the squash field, mm -hmm. and there was a black scrub robin. That was the bird that Eric missed last year. And I missed it again this year. <laughs> Didn't even see it. But it hopped down <laughs> on the road for like a second. And some of us saw it in, on my team. And this wasn't competition day yet. So, you know, everybody really wanted to see it. So we waited forever. And we went up <laughs> and down like every row around this whole field looking for it. Yeah. I don't think it ended up coming out again that <laughs> while we were there. But... <laughs> That was just, it was so random because that's a, that's a species that there's only like a couple like consistent locations for it yeah, that the, are down in a lot. The kib kibbutz Samar yeah, is but like also, the place people go for it. But the botanic gardens too. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Is where people see them. But it was just so random to have that one right there. Yeah. yeah so we, 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 we ended up going to, we didn't stop at Yodvata at all. We went straight from Cam, we, we went straight from there all the way down to cam 20 to go to the flamingo ponds and you guys got the sand grouse right and we, we we got the um no not we, yeah we got the Liechtenstein sand grouse okay but we also um greater sand plover which was a target for a lot of people mm -hmm. lots of lots of people wanted to see this it's like a little plover this kind of orangey colored um we ended up getting that at um ibrce oh did you guys get that okay yeah. good we, i think we ended up getting another one too down there um but these we, we went to those flamingo pools, which mm -hmm. are super cool. It's these big pools for basically for salt. They fill them with water and then they let them evaporate. And they fill them up with water again, let them evaporate. Yeah. And the flamingos love it because this water that's in there is so salty mm -hmm. and so smelly, <laughs> and it, and it's and it's rough as a person just kind of being there. <laughs> but it is. It seems like it would be really caustic if you spent. Like oh, any time at all. I'm, I'm sure it would like just would destroy your vehicle if you parked your vehicle at the south end when the wind is blowing. It, wake up the next morning, it would just be a, a pile of and rust. And that wind blows hard up <laughs> oh, through the there. Oh, the whole time, yeah. It was it was very difficult to to scope things. And yeah. So we were having trouble scoping distant birds while mm -hmm. we were there. So we ended up that we ended up spending a lot of time filming each other for videos for Koa <laughs> um, while we were there. It was like, okay, well, pretend like you're birding. Pretend you like you're doing this. screwing around. We were doing a lot of screwing around, yeah. But <laughs> but we were looking at birds. We, yeah. we were we were using the scope. So it was, I mean, it was great. The I, I got a ton of different videos of flamingos. I was trying to like do like those TikTok videos, you know, where it's like you're looking at the distant, um, distant uh, birds and stuff and you can barely see them and then you just whoosh, right onto the, right onto the camera and then tons and tons of flamingos that are close that you couldn't see because they're just slightly further away than what the camera can see. Yeah. So I had, I had a great time there. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's very smelly. So, uh, <laughs> a, a couple of our teammates were having a hard time, uh, dealing with it. With the smell. With the smell. Yeah. I don't blame them. Yeah. But it's, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, and we kind of, at least our team kind of finished up that day at, you know, we went to KM20, saw yeah. all that stuff too. Just so many different shorebirds there. You know, Kentish yeah. plovers are Kentish favorite. Plovers, yeah. They are the cutest shorebird. I'm just going to go out there and say that. You're just, you're just declaring it. I, yeah. I mean, it's true. It <laughs> uh, <laughs> sounds like fighting words. I'm sure, I'm sure somebody's going to argue with you on that. 
fight me. Uh, but anyways, the really cool bird that we ended the day with at the IBRCE, which mm-hmm. is just north of a lot, the burning center in a lot, is was Collar Proud Calls. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I think you guys were the ones that put it on the, yeah. the chat for everybody. Yeah, we had, we had, we had a bunch of them. They were yeah. flying around. And... We had 15 just, yeah. as, you know, land in. And they're such an interesting bird because they, they're shorebird. Yeah, they're 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 shorebirds, but it's like it's like a mix between a swallow and a shorebird, or like a night jar. That's what I was thinking—a night jar mixed with a shorebird. Sort of, they have this weird. They fly weird. Like yeah. it's like this really bouncy, weird flight. And then when they land, it's just all of a sudden, boom, they're landed. And then they kind of look like a shorebird, but they don't wander around. No. They don't. They they when they land, they land, and that's it. And you're not. Yeah. You don't see them walking around. They are. At least very, I've never seen them walking. They're around. They're very interesting species, and the ones that they have there are collared Pratt and calls. Um, and so they're, I don't know, they're like a dark brown on their back and their head, and then they have this like uh, jaw uh, strap. Yeah. It kind of goes from eye to eye around mm-hmm. under its chin and then like a light tan patch on their chin. So yeah. like, like, like they shaved their chin after, after the summer was over and <laughs> that's, that's what it is. They, that's their sunburn. That's their sunburn line. So their, their chins never got that tan from the, from the whole summer. And so that's, that's kind of whenever I see it, that's that was my first thought when I saw them up close in the scope is like, Oh, that's what I would look like. After the summer, if I just shaved shaved my beard after the summer. That's really funny. <laughs> uh, so anyways, that, yeah, that kind of ended up our uh, scouting days. Um, we did have another thing that we wanted to mention that we did yeah. while we were there. Yeah, and that was so much fun. Had no, so I hate doing this particular activity <laughs> because I am, I just suck at it. And I don't know why I suck at it so much, but it's not something, it's not an activity that I thought was like, emblematic of israel going going like to something the desert. you have to do yeah, something you have to do in the desert but snorkeling yeah down out, out of a lot a lot is a beach town it's a it's a tourist beach destination so a lot of people throughout all of israel come down to come to a lot well to, i think throughout like the Midwest, uh, middle east the middle east okay yeah i i just i wasn't sure how many people were crossing crossing borders and stuff but i the well, and they a have a, they have a new airport. Well, That's true. I mean, they had an airport that was like in the middle of a lot, mm-hmm. and so now a lot just has this runway going through it. It's getting restored into a park, right? Maybe I feel like it's still tentative what's okay, happening to right. it. Um, but anyways, they built a new airport that's north of a lot, a couple mm-hmm. miles, and it's this beautiful, fantastic airport that you can do just like a fifty-minute flight down from Tel Aviv, and it's I believe it's international too. So I'm sure you can fly in from you know oh, anywhere okay. in the region. Well, anyways, so but, um, but a lots in a free trade zone. So lots of lots of people are traveling there to enjoy the north edge of the red sea so amy who's on my team um she was kind of like oh i'm gonna go snorkeling and i didn't think to bring a swimming suit like eric and i had talked about it i was like i'm just not gonna bring one we never use it yeah and we then, always end up bringing it and never use it yeah and then um oh, amy said she was gonna go snorkeling i was like oh man i wish i would have brought my swimsuit do you think there's a place i can buy one and um Ellen, the our team leader was like you have shorts and a t-shirt just go in that and i was like well she's right I should just go in that. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point of doing anything else? Yeah. Just wear shorts and a t-shirt. Exactly. And so, um, yeah, we hitched a ride with Amy to a, a scuba shop. There's like scuba shops all up and down uh, the highway that leads to Egypt from mm-hmm. a lot. And we, you know, ran in some mass and just kind of went across the street into the Red Sea yeah. and went snorkeling off of, I think it was Princess Beach, right? 
that we went snorkeling. I think off it was of. Princess Beach. Yeah, I mean, there's there's like a hundred little stock Access beaches. Points. Like literally, any of them are equally as good as any of the other ones. They're all they're all right on the right on the water. You just park and walk down to the beach. But you know what really really got me to go is Mark Pearson who mm-hmm. uh, helps coordinate champions of the flyway. Yeah. He holds the record for like having raised the most money um, <laughs> in one year. He and his uh, partner, they had gone snorkeling um, like the day they got there and we're just telling us all about it at dinner. And I was yeah. like, that sounds incredible. He was just, just raving about it. He's like, you just sit down and the fish are all around you. You just walk out your chest deep water and they're all around you. Yeah. So we, like I said, we run some mass and we just went across the street and, uh, walking across the rocks itself from where we put our stuff Oof. was maybe like 50 feet, but just was awful. It was awful. Awful. <laughs> Bring, I, re- I recommend bringing some like slippers or something. Or to, wear, your, to... wear your Keens or your so, tacos. Yeah, so, something, something you can get wet because it sucked. Like it was only like 10 feet, I but don't it even sucked. Know what, <laughs> I don't know what was so horrible about it. It was just like the hard, like pointy rocks. Because um, so hot. Well, it was hot. The rocks are hot and they're pointy, but the um, the water, it's it, it doesn't have tides to the same level that we have tides here. Yeah. And it doesn't have the heavy wave action like we have here. So the rocks basically are like walking along the side of a river or something where they're not even they weren't even as smooth as that yeah but it's like hard rocks instead of sand because the because they're not getting broken up by the wave action so it's just like rocks i, I felt like, like oh, I was, this sucks oh ow, oh, ow. <laughs> i felt like i was putting my feet in strategic places and i was like i don't understand why this still hurts it still hurts i feel like i know what i'm doing <laughs> so anyways we got in the water yes. it you know just we were only like 50 feet out from shore at a not, maximum not even yeah and just these like huge coral reefs and so many fish that I yeah. don't know what they're called because I'm into birds and not fish. Um, but, but man, parrot... if you were into fish, whew, and double your life list. These huge parrot fish that like, I, I didn't even know that that would be there. And, and there was the, um, there was all the cleaner wrasse. There was an eel. There was that eel was huge. There was like this big flounder-like fish. Like there was like this big flat fish that's probably like three feet across, like eight feet long, just like plopped down on the, on the bottom, like watching us. Like so many fish, like so close to shore. And yeah, literally just wade out to your like literally just like just like Mark Peterson said, like chest deep and just start looking around. And there was fish everywhere. Yeah, and um, so cool. The the salinity is pretty high very, very high salinity and so you float really well yeah you can't sink it's... yeah i know I, I like i don't like to snorkel with a snorkel on mm-hmm. i just like to have a mask and like kind of free dive and i couldn't get anywhere because <laughs> like it was so hard to to swim down yeah and so like i was saying i don't like snorkeling i'm not i my a mask doesn't get a good seal on my face i think um, you're like, my mustache i think your cheeks are like permeable or something like all your beard hairs like have the well, access points into your mouth or something because <laughs> you always get water I'm constantly in your getting mouth. mouth water in my mouth and it's and it's rough for me it's I, probably your mustache it, it, a big portion of it's my mustache that's that's a big portion of my inability to to do it but like when like we got scuba certified and i do i do all right when we go to depth we, yeah. we go down 30 40 50 60 feet I, I do fine but it's just doing that on the surface i can't i just can't snorkel and so I'm, I'm very uncomfortable the whole time, but, but it was still super cool. Like yeah. even, even somebody like me that I really am not good at it and I hate it. It was, it, it was amazing. I it like, was definitely absolutely worth it. It cost us like $10 for see, like a whole day's worth of renting a mask and snorkel I, and I like for, ten, for $10 and then like $3 to park. 
I like scuba diving. I just, I get so like anxious when we're like under 80 feet of water and it's like, oh, the safety is all the way up there. <laughs> See, I, I, everything works better together on my face when we're at depth. So yeah, because you don't have to keep going up and getting air and then going back down. Yeah, probably. It's, it's probably a change in pressures and stuff. It's like this, this pressure is stable. I go down, I have higher pressure and I stay there. It was weird. Like... I don't know that much about salinity and pressure, mm-hmm. um, like how that plays a effect on it. But like I did kind of, you know, free dive like as far as I could, which One is probably <laughs> your, your feet were still above the water. Yeah, <laughs> my feet were, but my head was probably like, I don't know, four or five feet underwater. Yeah. And I did feel like intense pressure on my face and my mask and my ears yeah. and everything. So um, I think, yeah, well, I, I, I dove down on once. Right. I, I dove down once while we were, while we were snorkeling this time, and I had to clear my mask like before my feet were like I had to clear my ears. Yeah. Before my feet had left the surface. That's what I was like, saying. Like I was going down, and I cleared I cleared them, and then I was fine. Once I cleared them, once I was fine. Yeah. But then and then I went down a little bit further, and then just whoop. Just as soon as I stopped fighting fighting buoyancy. Yeah. I was bouncing at the surface again, <laughs> and I don't float. I don't float very well at all. Yeah. And I floated really well in that. So. Definitely recommend snorkeling. Oh, gosh, that was incredible. 100% recommend. Yeah. 10 out of 10. But bring your own stuff. So, you know, it's easier. Because that's, or at least a towel and some shoes that, of some sort well, that's, to walk in the That scuba place closed at 5. That's true. So, and, and, and we had another three hours of sunlight. Yeah. Or two and a half hours of sunlight. So it was kind of like, well, we still have the whole evening left that we could have gone snorkeling. I know. But you could probably buy some some stuff really cheap, too. Probably. You literally just needed some, some goggles. I know. But it was incredible. But yeah, super those, cool. Those parrotfish were ginormous. Yeah. Never seen one in real life before. That was cool. Yeah. That was awesome. So, birds, snorkeling, lots to see in Israel. We'll talk more about it in our next episode where yes. we actually compete against... Well, I don't compete against you because you were in a different category. We were in a category all to our own, so we won and we also got last place. So, just, just saying. <laughs> half half I mean, that's, full, that's a half sneak peek. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe we should, I should have left that for uh, a little bit of suspense. Yeah, you don't have any cliffhangers. No, no cliffhangers for me left. Listen in for our next episode to see how my team does. Yes, there, there we go. go. There there's, we, there's, a there's a cliffhanger. All right. So thank you guys all for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and or learned something new. Please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, anywhere else you listen to us. Uh, if you'd like to connect with us on the socials, you can follow us at Hannah Goes Birding and Eric Goes Birding on Instagram. Our Facebook page, Hannah and Eric Go Birding. You can also send us an email, hannahandericgobirding at gmail.com. Check out our website, www.gobirdingpodcast.com. Um, TikTok, Twitter, we're kind of at go birding at we go birding we go birding at hannah we, and eric go birding hannah and birding go eric like <laughs> how, how, whatever order you want to put those words in you'll probably find us on some social media somewhere um uh, tell us what you like tell us what you hate and share us with your friends 